You well? I'm back, baby. I'm back on the fucking pod. Fuck your new sock, mate. Fuck your T Radio One, bro. I'm back in your ear holes like a little wig, like an ear wig. Yeah, I lost. I've lost momentum with this already. Nah. Um, I'm back in a big way. I loved that song, Backstreets Back. I wanted to be. Uh, who's the one? Is it Aaron? Uh, who's the one who was his little brother was the Aaron Carter was the young one Nick I wanted to be Nick or it's Nick Carter the one who died oh, I gotta pick the fucking pick up the fucking mood on this you know is it Nick Carter or Aaron Carter I think it's Nick is in Backstreet Boys and he was the werewolf and I wanted to be him because I wanted to be a werewolf I don't want to be a vampire I mean, I always thought I'd love to have the, the powers of a vampire, but there was always I was always drawn to the werewolf because it was always kind of like, you know, get up to all sorts and then wake up the next morning naked and be like, it wasn't me. Saw you nibbling on a goat's neck. It wasn't me. Um, have I said that exact same? Oh, my God, I think I've said that exact same joke before. It's really good, though. Might bring that to the fucking stage. Might have to bring that out on the stage. That's a good bit. Anyway, look, how are you doing? You good? Um, but yeah, no, I love that song as well. And I, But I didn't like as a child having to sing, Am I Sexual? I didn't like that, you know? I was a boy, and I was singing along, Ha, am I original? Ha, yeah. Am I the only one? Yeah. Am I sexual? Oh. Yes. Like, I'm, only, I'm here dancing away in the fucking leisureplex. You know, mouthful of fucking tangies with an aum stick. And I'm singing fucking the word sexual. It's very inappropriate. Um, also, like, who's so fucking needy? They need the answers to all those questions, you know? And I look, thanks for coming to brunch. Just just a quick one. Just, um, am I original? Oh, Jesus. You, oh, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Am I the only one? I don't know, man. Yeah. My sexual. I haven't even cut into my eggs Benedict, and you're laying this shit on me. You know, I feel like that's been Terry recently. Because in, in the absence of this podcast, I've just been bombarding, bombarding my internal monologue at her for two months. Um, so she's taken one for the team. You know, um, lifelong Plooney. Terry has um been absolutely bombarded. We went to um the premiere of a film. Um. Apocalypse Clown, a film that I'm in, which I have to say, and this is not a toot toot my own horn. Uh, you know, you know me. Just can I, I know, Gary's trying to fucking come in here because I can't brag. Gary has been, sorry, I'll get on to Apocalypse Clown in a second, but Gary's been coming back in a big way when I've been trying to talk because I haven't done this in a while. You know, normally I can just power through. This is what I'm going to talk about, but Gary's been creeping in. Gary, if you don't know, is the um, 
the alter ego of my internal monologue that tells me to shut up and I'm worth a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Brezzy calls his Jeffrey. I call mine Gary. Um, but it's kind of like Sandman. I don't know if you've read Sandman by Neil Gaiman or, or watched the show, but when Morpheus, the Lord of Dreams, gets uh, kidnapped and captured into um, into the mortal realm, this old kind of Aleister Crowley type, um, you know, black magic magician witch, he tries to like uh, summon death and imprison death, the person, you know, the personification of death, and he tries to keep it in a cage so that he can uh, live forever, so that he can control death, control who lives and who dies. But then he messes up the spell, and in- instead he accidentally captures Dream, the Lord of Dreams, Morpheus, uh, the personification of Dream, who is Death's brother. And while Morpheus is contained in this uh, magician's cage for hundreds of years, uh, the kind of the 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 world, the realm of Dream that he is the king of, the Lord of Dreams, starts being overrun by nightmares, and the nightmares then start to kind of permeate into the mortal realm because its its Lord and Keeper, Dream, is not there to protect. I feel like that's what Gary's been doing in the absence of this podcast. The wonderful, beautiful mythology of this podcast of, of you know, of, uh, you know, like Judge Cantwell and, you know, uh, Boner and, you know, uh, Big Brother memes, you know, they've been overrun by nightmares, the nightmarish presence of Gary. So got to do a bit of fucking spring cleaning. Got to go back up in there into the world of the podcast with my helm and my uh, and my whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. This is now. I'm done with this analogy as well. But anyway, um, what was I saying? I went to the premiere of a film that I'm in, um, and what a joy it was! I was like in a film, in a film that was on a screen in the Lighthouse Cinema, one of the best, one of my favorite cinemas in the world. And then they also had it in London in the Prince Charles Cinema, which I saw. The Room play multiple times. I've seen American Werewolf in London, a real cult B-movie kind of cinema. Uh, and then my movie's up there. Oh, my God, this is fucking unreal. But before we went to the premiere, I thought I was doing Terry a favor here, but she was like, a real, well, I don't know why you just told me this. She showed me um, her outfit that she was going to wear to the premiere. And I'm like, that looks amazing. That's perfect. And she goes, should I wear it on different? And I'm like, no. And she's like, but like, is it going to be a different thing? Like, would just tell me like what the what the most appropriate thing would be. And I'm like, that looks amazing. I think that's a great, like, great outfit. And I was like, but I will say, I will say that, because sometimes I Google my name to get, like, my Instagram, because I don't bookmark anything. So, like, I'll, I'll Google my name and then click on just to get to my Instagram, or I'll get it just to log into my Twitter, you know? So I'm constantly, you know, the, the search results, if I'm trending, it's because I've just been trying to go to my Instagram loads, right, uh, on Google. But whenever I type in Tony Cantwell, the first thing that comes up, probably because of listeners of this podcast, is Tony Cantwell's wife, right? So I just wanted, so I told her, look, just to let you know, um, the most searched, you know, if I was doing that wired most searched inquiries, you know, uh, it would, the first thing is Tony Cantwell's wife. And if people then click images on Google, they're probably going to see a picture of you. And at this premiere, they're probably going to ask you who you are. And what in who you are in relation to me, and you'll say wife, and then the, it'll put double two and two together, and this photo will probably this is the thing that broke her mind. I was like, this photo is probably the most public <laughs> image of you that will live on in the internet forever. And she just went fucking why is she? And she's like, why? Why would you ever tell me that? I'm like, I just just 
just so you just so you know, like I don't know, like I, I love the dress. She's like, oh my god, <laughs> that was a big, that was a big mistake. But she looks stunning, ladies and gentlemen. Does she look stunning, ladies and gentlemen? She looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, and it was a lovely, fun, fun premiere. But I was being a bit of a weirdo at it, even though I'm like in the cast, you know. I don't know if it's you know my just my Irishness, but like they had like reserved seats for all the cast. And I sat in the back because like, no, surely I'm not. Surely I'm not one of them, you know, even though I'm like in the cast, you know, I'm at like a. So I sat in the back and there was like a two empty seats for me and Terry there. And I was like, no, just in case someone comes along who's more better than me. Someone in case someone comes along who's more better than me and I have to go and all, you know. Anyway, I'm here. I'm coming to you live from my key asshole. I'm in my fucking car again. Um, Kind of parked uh, in... Kind of an a, an overlapping Venn diagram of sadness. I'm in an Apcoa car park in a church, so it's pretty uh, pretty fucking grim all the same. But I tell you what, they took money off me. Those Apcoa bastards, you bastards, um, because I parked to be fair in a place where I shouldn't have parked, and then the other time was a genuine mistake on their part. But what a fucking insane thing to do to be like, um, hey, your car's not supposed to be here, so we're gonna keep it here forever. What? What are you talking about, mate? What insane thing to... I mean, I'm glad they didn't tow it or whatever. But, you know, I'm just going to pull... I'm going to I'm gonna fucking drill something onto your car. I'm going to put chains on your car. Because I don't want it here. Well, then get out just fucking chains off it, then. Insane. So I'm actually hoping... I am hoping that some Apcoa tow man comes, out, comes down here with his little... Uh, with his chains. And then he'll it'll it'll be funny. He'll come up to the window. Oh shit, I didn't see you in there. He'll walk away for five minutes and then he'll come back. Actually here, did you pay? And I'll be like, no. Alright, well you're gonna have to move. And I'll be like, no. And then he'll be like, alright, well I'm gonna have to put the clamp on it, right? Clamp it then. And then I'm gonna watch him walk all the way over to his van. Lift all the big heavy chains over. Bring them back over here. Start to put them on, and then I'm gonna go. You can call me Samuel Screech Powers. Um, because I screeched my car wheel. Fuck. I forgot how to do this. No, I'm good. I'm good. This is a great pod. Um, Screech from Saved by the Bell. That's his name. Anyway, look. Um, So, yeah. I'm going to leave a few fucking skid marks here in this uh, church car park. Skid marks on the ground and skid marks in your man's jocks because he got spooked. Um, You know, by me wasting his time. So um, I'm here, but I'm delighted to be back doing this podcast, I have to say. Um, you know, I, I tell you, even though um, so I'm going to wind up my windows here, because um, I tell you, it's in a magnificent outlet for me. I really enjoy this podcast. This is why I quit therapy, because all of a sudden I was given the therapist the Tony Camel shit show, you know, but less funny, you know. And I was like, I already do this. I already do this. You know, why am I telling this guy? And he's just staring at me, you know. I get a better I get a better receptive audience, not from a therapist, but from the empty vacuum of space that I assume is everyone around the world laughing their ass off at the things that I'm saying. You know? Um so it actually would have been good, but I stopped doing the podcast because I felt like I needed all the ideas, any idea to be a show idea first, rather than kind of an idea that I would or some kind of thought that I would say on the podcast, or if you heard on the podcast and saw on the show, you'd be like, Hey, I've been shortchanged here, you know? Um but actually, to be honest, in retrospect, 
probably could have done with with the outlet but you live and you learn you live and you learn so i um but i've missed you i've missed talking to you um and I want to say a huge thank you if you came to any of the shows, the Dublin Fringe shows, if you came to any of the shows over uh, over the summer, the live podcasts in Other Side Festival or um, in uh, Electric Picnic. Uh, there was two uh, shows I did there. Oh, my God, I did this live show. If you were at the Electric Picnic live comedy, then you would have seen this. But um, So it's a weird, it's a weird setup in, in EP for comedy. There's a couple of things you kind of normally need for comedy and it's a weird one but i'd say one of the one of the top things you need is walls in the venue right walls are great because then you can hear people laughing they bounce off you know uh another one will be chairs you know because people don't laugh very hard it's difficult on the diaphragm to laugh hard or maybe i'm shit but i i think <laughs> that it's hard to laugh hard when you're kind of lying on the ground like Caligula about to eat a load of fucking grapes off a minotaur's tits, you know, as a lot of people were sitting there like that, you know. What's also quite hard is when there's a kind of a hundred foot radius of no one near the stage, you know what I mean, which is not on anyone else. You know, you're there on a Sunday, you fuck all serotonin in your body after going hard for Billie Eilish on a Friday. You know, you're probably like, yeah, I want to watch comedy, but I don't want to be like in the comedy. You know, I just want to kind of like chill out. So I understand people want to sit a bit f- further away. Um, But then I was kind of like trying to get people up to the front because it's better when people are up, are up the front. It's better for everyone. People laugh. If people laugh at the front and that kind of ripples down the back. And, I'm, you know, it's, it's a great show all around. You know, it's also a better thing to get, gauge the vibe of a room when you have people a bit closer to you. Um, So while I'm trying to get people down to the front. I'm like, hey, Eric, come on, stand up and come on down. And I'm like, give them a round of applause. Everyone's clapping. People are walking down. And then as the last few people sat down, which they were very sound to do, up the, up towards the front, there was one guy still standing and walking. And I realized this wasn't a guy who was, you know, obeying my command of walking down. This is just someone who'd walked into the tent at EP. And he just kept walking. And he had a bucket hat. And he looked off as fucking nut. Uh, and he was shouting at me. So I had a bit of fun with him. Uh, told him to chant a couple of things, uh, kind of, you know, got a got a bit of a laugh out of him. Um, and then he tried to get up on the stage. Um, and I was playing it cool, but um, I was trickling shit down my leg. <laughs> uh, you know, because I'm a coward, you know, because I'm a coward, you know. Uh, so he, he was trying to get up on the stage. And I was like, no, you're all right there. Security, ha, 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 security. And then, to be fair to this guy, he actually did something that's very funny. Now, I don't ever want to replicate it ever again at a gig for as long as I live. But he continued to stand now in the center of the room. And after every joke that I would tell, he would just shout, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I'd be like, da, 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 but in doing so, he kind of made himself known to security, and they and they they ushered him, uh, they ushered him out. But um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't my my finest moment. But hey, that's you're 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 there to slightly elevate a low mood of a Sunday audience. Although I don't know, I don't think my jokes were great. I came out with like I start. They say you should never do this. They say you should never do this. Start, start a set, 
with uh, some brand new material, you know? You start with your best, and you end with your best. And this is an electric picnic. This is not like, oh, I'm just going to go out there and play jazz, you know? This is like you're showcasing. You're kind of like, hey, this is what I do. And if you want to see more of it, you can see, you know what I mean? See me other places. But I went out, and I was like, so good to be here at Electric Picnic. Did anyone see Billie Eilish on Friday? And then they were like, hey, and this is Electric Picnic in Strad Valley County Leash, I should point out, right? And then I was like, yeah, anyone see Billie Eilish on Friday? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I said, um, I tell you, Joan, you know she should have called herself, playing EP, she should have called herself Strad Billy I County Leash. And um, it's kind of the same, the same reception as I'm getting right now in this car, which was absolute and utter silence. It's like I invented a new type of noise-absorbing sound, you know, like Vanta silence. As silent as it gets. So silent that if you stay in the presence of it for too long, you actually go insane. <laughs> so that wasn't a very good joke at all. But yet I told it again later on in the podcast, if you came to that. Um, but, you know, that that was my that was my summer, you know. Um, well, anyway, what I'm saying is thank you very much to everyone who came to the gigs. And thanks to everyone who said very kind words. It was nice to hug a lot of you at EP. Big, you big buff fucking creatine, juiced up, gorgeous <laughs> people that you are. Uh, I, have the, I honestly have the most juiced up, sexy uh, fans. Uh, it's it's an incredible thing. So thank you very much for that. Um, and I'll tell you what was amazing was actually being able to just to chat to people while I'm mean, kind of in the in the fucking horrors of, of writing this show. It's so insane that like wh- I'm literally just trying to write jokes that a sexy cat might say or stupid puns that a Dublin Frenchman puppet might say. You know, that's all I'm trying to write. But where that comes from is a very dark and lonely and angry and sad place, <laughs> you know. So then to have people come over and say, oh, hey, I love the podcast in, while I'm in the middle of that shit, you know, is like, you know, when Sonic gets a little air bubble in the underwater levels of Sonic, you know, and he goes, blip, blip. You know, it's very refreshing and uh, keeps me going. So thank you very much for that. What's insane, though, is like, even though there might be weeks of pure dread, you know, which isn't dread, it's butterflies, but sometimes it's hard when you have, you're out of the habit of it differentiate what's butterflies in your tummy of just looking forward to something uh, and what's absolute fucking, you know, razor blades. This is a primal uh, fear telling you to run away from this saber-toothed tiger, you know, dread. You know, it's sometimes different, difficult to differentiate those things in your stomach um, when you're out of the habit of experiencing them, you know, which is why I think I've said this before. I, you know, I, I have total empathy for anyone who still hasn't really come out of COVID, you know, the same who still kind of doesn't want to leave the gaff as much, you know? Because everything just felt like, oh, this is kind of something stirring in me tummy that wasn't me watching Love Island. I have a nice feeling when I'm in there at home eating a fucking Jacob's cream cracker with a bit of butter on it watching Love Island. This is not that feeling, so I don't like it, you know? I have total empathy for anyone who just... Because it's very, very, very hard sometimes to differentiate what is, uh, you know, looking forward to something and what is pure dread, you know. But when I get a couple of days before something, I actually become incredibly calm. And I think it's because I know I can't cancel it, you know. It's like nothing you can do about it. You're just going to do it. Like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know, somehow that kind of relief of like you can't get out of this. (laughs) Not that I ever would want to, but you know what I mean? I don't know what it is. There's something that just smooths out my brain. When I know I can't cancel something, you know, it's it kind of cuts off half of my brain is like, 
oh, you know, will it go well? You know, will I be able to do it? Um, will I be found out for being a fraud? But the other half that's going 90 is like, how do I get out of this? You know? So by finding out I can't cancel something, it's kind of like, oh, class. You know what I mean? Nothing you can do about it. You're just doing it, you know? I actually think if I was just sent to prison, I might actually be happy. You know what I mean? Like, well, I guess I know what I'm doing now. I guess I know what I'm doing now for the next, you know, 25 to life, you know? Because there's just nothing you can do about it. There's something very calming about that. It's like a big wrapped weighted blanket around you, wrapped in chains, you know? So, um, but I was close to entertaining the idea of cancelling it, not because of anything I was doing. But when I found out that they had found a little alien fella from Mexico, a little Mexican alien fella, maybe you heard of him? Maybe you heard of him? Um, the little, the little verde hombre, as they're calling him. He's more grey, whatever. They found a little alien fella, okay? They found a little alien fella, a little mummified alien, and the latest news that I've read on it is that I read that they were going to do tests on it, and then I saw one website that said they did tests on it, and they found that it wasn't tampered with. Now, the guy who presented this alien to the Mexico... So, okay, it's been a mad year for, for alien shit, and I'll do a proper deep dive on this specific little uh, Mexican alien fella soon, right? But obviously you had Congress. Your man going before Congress saying, yeah, we have UFOs. Yes, I've been part of a black ops organization saying we know there are, you know, we, there are UFOs. There has been organic material reclaimed from crash sites. I can't give you this information here in Congress because the specific people in these task forces might either be, uh, you know, put under duress or, 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 or may, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Some sort of like, what's that called? Um, extraordinary rendition where they just fucking kidnap people. Anything can happen. So he's like, I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you that off the air. But I have proof. Blah, 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 blah. A lot of people corroborating the story. He's like, yes, the U.S. military has UFOs. We know aliens exist. We've met them. You know, yada, yada, yada. Then the Mexican government are like, all right, uh, we just found these fuck. This guy found these little aliens. Little Mexican alien fella. All right. Mummified aliens, maybe 100 or maybe 1,000 years old. But this guy apparently has, they've, debunked some of his stuff before because this guy really wants to believe but with this they did tests on it they found that it hadn't been tampered with as in it's not like a thing someone made it is organic and not of this earth so within the last three months we essentially have proof of ufos and aliens and we have an alien that we know is an alien that's that's now that's now and i and it's like i'm trying to so what i was thinking is like i gotta cancel this gig like that's it that's it like why are we not like look what we did for COVID, right and rightfully so but now you're telling me there's aliens and we're just like ah yeah no i'm going you're gonna get say a breakfast roll chicken filler roll what are you talking about we're just gonna get a bus in a world now that we know there's aliens, in a world now where religion is now obsolete, where the hierarchy of, of species has changed, the hierarchy of power in the DC universe has changed because Black Adam is here and there's a little tiny alien fella, right? That's, so I was kind of like, someone has to do something here. Like, we need to be, like, traffic needs to be stopping in the street and everyone looking up to the sky. Like, what's going on here? I thought, and I've said this before, I was like, there's two things probably going to happen in my lifetime that are just going to stop the earth 
right? One is that you're going to be able to watch movies on like a little portable movie player. If you can get a little DVD player you can bring around with you that has enough battery for you to watch the entirety of Lord of the Rings on it, right? That's what, that's one thought I had. The world's going to stop. Now we do that without even blinking a fucking eyelid. Now we're even at a stage now where there's we can't get any better screens. New iPhone came out. It's not even a better screen than the last three generations. There's nothing you can do to make it more easy and and better looking and convenient to watch a movie on your phone, right? And the other thing I thought was when they find aliens, right? We have both of these things. We're all just walking around. So I was kind of thinking I might cancel these gigs out of solidarity. You know, being like, in, in light of recent news, I don't know why everyone else is not doing the same. I've decided to cancel all gigs going forward because of the existence of extraterrestrials. You know? I couldn't... And I'll, again, I'll do a proper deep dive on the little Mexican alien fella. I'm sure there's going to be five websites out of six that are telling you that, um, you know, it's been debunked. But there was one website, Pubicity, <laughs> said said it was real. So, who are you going to believe? Pubicity or CNN? <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what the most terrifying thing about aliens existing is, right? Not the fact that it throws religion out the window, because how do you have religion in a post-alien world, in a PA world, right? When did God, on what day did God create the aliens? Uh, you know, what, what what religion could you possibly believe? Do the aliens believe in a religion? Are they them, are they themselves actually angels? Do we now have to start rereading the Bible and reinterpreting it as aliens? You know, it throws it all out, right? Uh, it throws out uh, science of what we know about science. Because they have apparently technology that can travel at a, you know, fucking at like supersonic speed that stop immediately without transferring any energy and then go back the other way. It throws, you know, Newton's law of energy out, out the window, right? Throws everything out the window. And it's a very scary thing. But I tell you what the most scary thing is. The scariest part of aliens existing is I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I can't even fool myself into giving a fuck i care i'm interested but i will also look at something else i'm not reading everything about it i'm not trying to digest everything i'm not trying to understand it i don't have it in me to give a fuck and not because it's not the most interesting thing that's ever happened in since i you know i've been waiting for this fucking day since i've been as a toddler right i've been obsessed with aliens terrified by them, interested by them, loved them. I've read enough fan fiction about them that maybe I'm even in love with some of them. Right? But even this, the thing that I should be the most interested in, I can't even train myself to give a fuck about it. I don't care. And is this because we now live in a society where we're so bombarded with with inputs that it's hard to even know how we feel? Or what's as terrifying is that Maybe it's because not everyone is talking about it. Are, are, are my are my interests solely based on the kind of uh, you know the, the the kind of social currency of exchanging with other people? Is 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 the you know am I only interested in things if I can talk to other people about them and they're as interested about it? You know, like if I heard that NASA were going to reveal that they actually had proof, they were going to reveal the autopsies. Of aliens, and that was coming out on October twentieth. On October twentieth, NASA is going to reveal that they have aliens, right? I'm more looking forward to Spider Man two coming out for the PS five. What is going on? What is going on? Who are, who am I? 
Who am I? And maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me, right? Maybe you are so into this. Maybe there is some new information that can come out that is paradigm shifting for you that you, you know, inhale the 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 you know, the, the scientific journals of or or a new album. But I just don't know how to fuck give a fuck. I don't know how to give a fuck anymore. And I don't know. I remember my mom told me one time she was going on a holiday. I think she was in a bad mood that day. But she just, I said, are you looking forward to your holiday? And she goes, well, when you get to my age, son, you don't really look forward to anything. <laughs> I was like, well, like, I know that's not true. I know it's definitely the mood, but it scared the fucking bejesus out of me, you know? And I don't, like, do I need to, do I need to have a detox? Do I need to cut things out, you know? It's not that I don't look forward to things. I do, right? Um, Like, I had a stag there last weekend uh, that... I was fucking couldn't wait for it. Like two, we we set up the WhatsApp group two hundred days before it happened. We chatted every day. I'm gonna be very sad to see that go. I'll tell you why. Actually, extra, uh, I'll be sad to see that go because I had a serious fucking come down. Speaking of sadness, serious. I forgot what a come down was. I've been out of game. I've been out of habit. You can call me Sister Mary Clarice, Sister Mary Clarence, in Sister Act Three. Nuns in space. In parentheses, out of the habit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to get better at the podcasting thing next week, right? But, um, uh, yeah, we were so excited for her. Let me say, tell you something. If you're young and you're, you have the ability to, like, just go away for a weekend without, you know, it being a big deal to either your partner or you don't have kids or whatever like that, just fucking get in there, get a cheap Airbnb in Offaly, right, with your mates and bring Mario Kart spend the whole weekend there just do it do it for me right and send me a picture of you there so I can live vicariously through you just fucking do that right because they will come along so infrequently even if you're still single in your mid 30s it'll still be so infrequent even if your whole plan is not to have kids not to get married because you want this party to never fucking stop it will stop it does stop this is so miserable anyway I'm just saying just do it it's going to be a great crack just do it now while you're young you know because um, you don't get that many opportunities later on in life. You, be, you end up counting down to a 200 fucking days in a row. But anyway, I uh, we went hard on a Friday. And um, and actually, on the Sunday then, and pretty hard on the, sat- on the Saturday, and on Sunday I was shooting Celebrity Gogglebox. And I was so hungover. I was so hungover. Like, I didn't feel like anything was real. People were talking to me, and I didn't think they were, I thought they were talking to someone behind me. Do you know what I mean? Like, that kind of like, I felt like, to quote Bilbo Baggins, uh, you know, I feel strange, Gandalf. Like butter spread over too much bread. You know, that's what I felt like. Um, and um, still was a lot of fun, you know, and it's on Virgin Media 1 if you want to watch it. I think we're in other episodes, me and Shane and, and Emma uh, were, were on that. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but then it really hit me on the Monday, right, after Gogglebox. Came back from the stag after two. Actually, do you know what happened? I came back from the stag, and I wasn't meant to be there because I said I was away for the weekend. But they had, they had a, a few people in the production couldn't do it so they ended up being like look can you just make Sunday work and I'm like okay I'll make it work but just to let you know I'm going to be hung over and they said that's fine so then I said well hey look is there any chance I could see the clips ahead of time you know uh, just so I know I have something to say because I, I don't want to be going in there you know hung over and they were like I oh, know you'll be fine and then I was kind of <laughs> trying to be like well look since I'm you know doing this for you how about you show me the clips I'm trying to be a bit of a salesman you know 
with a production company that I really want to work with. <laughs> I was like, hey, well, how about you do me you know, a solid since I'm doing you a solid and you show me the clips ahead of time. And they were like, yeah, well, like kind of never in the history of Gogglebox have they ever done that. <laughs> that kind of completely defeats the purpose of Gogglebox. I'm like, well, will you? And they said no. And I'm like, okay, that's no fucking problem at all. <laughs> so some of my responses were a little bit slower than usual. Anyway, the come down really hit me on the Monday. Um, I woke up and our, um, and Terry pointed out I forgot to bring the bins out. Right? And let me tell you, I have a... Want to talk about Olympus Mons, the Chinese? I have a fucking Olympus Mons of cardboard. You could build the fucking Independence Day mothership out of cardboard that I have. We've had it since moving into the gaff. I'm not going to the dump, and I'm not putting it in a car to bring it anywhere else. I'm getting rid of it piece by piece by filling up my green bin every two weeks. And I'm gradually getting rid of it, but there's still loads of it. And then it was, it was fucking packed to the rafters, and they didn't take the green bin. And I was so... Terry pointed out, like, oh, that you didn't take the bins out. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and NBs, I fucking wept. I wept. <laughs> I, I started crying in the bed. I hid it from my wife, of course, but I started crying um, that I'd forgotten to bring the wheelie bin out. And then later on, I left a cabinet open. And Terry was like, oh, you know, you keep leaving the cabinets open. And I was like, Jesus Christ, Terry. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, what? And I'm like, look. I need nothing but your support this week. And she goes, oh, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, no, I need nothing but support from this week. I have my fucking gigs on this week. I'm just back from a stag. So if you have any criticisms for me, I need you just to write them down, okay, and present them to me next week. Okay. I will take on board everything. But I just can't have it right now. <laughs> and she's like, look, you just want to come down. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I immediately snapped out of it. You know, it's sometimes just good to know what you have, you know. But anyway, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I love you, right? I love you. I care about you, right? You might not care that the world has been turned on its head by the appearance of a small little Mexican alien, but I care about you. And thank you very much for your understanding in the break of this pod. I'm so delighted to be back. I got some big things cooking. Watch this space. Uh, and I'm back in a big way on Friday uh, for the Patreon. Uh, back with videos and all that good stuff. So thank you very much for your kind understanding. Thanks for coming to the gigs. If you want to come see some gigs in the future, i got a few for you. If you're in London uh, in December, myself and Alison Spittle are doing a our own toy show. We're doing our own toy show. We actually wanted to watch the toy show live and talk over it. Then Orty, you pull the fucking plug on that. But anyway, don't worry about that. We're actually just going to do our own toy show instead, the day before the toy show uh, uh, in the London Irish Centre in uh, London so that's going to be a lot of fun if you're over in London around that time also uh, a couple of GUTFs you know our crazy wacky morning show that we do well it's coming back myself and Shane and all the cast are going to be joining uh, on stage in the for the Puka Festival on the 29th of October in Trim and then as well I think it might be the 19th of November in the Civic in Tala so I cannot wait for that it's going to be a lot of fun I'm really looking forward to that it's probably one of the funnest gigs that we do is these GUTF gigs and there's also going to be some live podcasts coming up watch this space likely be the workman's i will let you know very shortly and for everyone asking yes there will be a london show i will be doing a london show of the sketch show um in a venue uh, probably november no that'll be happening so look thanks very much or maybe it around the christmas gig that would make more sense that would make a lot more sense anyway let me figure that out there will be a london show thank you everyone's been asking and i'm fucking yes 100 i will be there uh thank you very much for listening all the best i love you bye bye